Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. So if you stand for the reading of the word, Matthew 11 is where we're going, and then also John 1. Matthew 11, verse 12, and then John 1, 28. Matthew eleven twelve says this, and from the days of John the Baptist until, by the let me just say this, you also probably need to fast after all you just gorged out on the last couple weeks. I just felt to say that, man, somebody needed to hear that word. I, I, there's a spirit of gluttony that's in the air. We need to dispel it with fasting and prayer. Can you say amen? amen. Valerie brought bread pudding to the, for, to the team this morning back. Bread pudding for breakfast. Or, or Yeah, yeah. Vanilla uh, raspberry or something. Bread pudding. My Lord, I've gained weight. So Matthew 11, and from the days of John the Baptist, Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. From the days of John the the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. In other words, something started at the ministry of John the Baptist. The kingdom of heaven began to be taken forcefully, violently, by people. In other words, there was a starting point for the forceful, violent taking of the kingdom. We'll talk about that. John 1, 28. These things were done at Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Today I'd like to preach a message entitled, The Crossover Point. The Crossover Point. And I would like to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for these wonderful people. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Again, challenge this church. Challenge this pastor. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Bethabara means the place of the Ford. Not like Chevy and Ford, Bobby. But the place of the the Ford, which is a shallow place in a stream or a river that's suitable for crossing. It's the crossover point. Bethabara was the crossover point. Dictionary.com, which as we all know is the renowned dictionary of all time, defines a crossover or a crossover point as a place of crossing from one side to the other. Now, when I was a kid, believe it or not, I used to squirrel hunt. I used to deer hunt. I, I used to hunt quail. And I would hunt on hundreds of acres of woods on the east side of Bossier Parish, off of I-20, out, out past Red Chute, up in North Louisiana. Amen. Amen to that. And right in the, the middle of the land that we hunted on was this big old creek that, that you, could, you would need to cross it, but you could only cross it at certain places. Crossover points. But every year, the crossover would shift with floods and trees falling and beavers building dams. And you'd you'd have to find the crossover point. Every year, I would walk along the bank of the creek looking for the crossover point. In life, 
in our walk with God, there are crossover points, places of transition, opportunities where we can cross from one side to another, from the old into the new. But they have to be looked for. They only come around once in a while, and they only last for a little bit. And, and, and they may be placed in a different place this season than they were the last season of your life. You, you have to look for them. And, and when you find a crossover point, you have to move quickly because it will not last forever. Now, this is fascinating to me. John the Baptist was literally baptizing at a crossover point, a place of crossing from one side to another. It was was a narrow, shallow part of the Jordan River. Now, to be sure, he baptized at other places along the river, upstream at Anon and Siloam, where there was much water. But he, but he baptized Jesus at Bethabara, the place of the ford, the, the, the crossing point. This is very significant. This is where the violent taking of the kingdom began. And it's no wonder, because th- this is the place where some 1,400 years earlier, Joshua ordered the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant to do something unprecedented. He commanded them to take the Ark and and walk into the Jordan, put your feet into the Jordan River. And as they did so, it dried up. And the children of Israel crossed over into the Promised Land. This was Joshua and the children of Israel's crossover point. And then some 900 years or so before Jesus was baptized here, in this exact same place, Elijah smote the river with his mantle, and it parted, and he crossed over to the place where he would be caught up in a chariot of fire. This was Elijah's crossover point. And then immediately after that, at this same place, Elisha took that mantle and smote the river, and it parted. And his ministry of the double portion began right here at this same crossover point. Bethabara was an historical place, a site synonymous with transition, with the unprecedented, with radical, violent, forceful acts of faith. It was a crossover point where you'd leave the old and enter into the new. Can I go ahead and prep you for 2019? It's a little preview of 2019 and what's coming on Vision Sunday. I believe we are at our Bethabara, a crossover point, and everything, my friend, is about to change. Maybe things you hoped for didn't work out exactly the way you hoped in 2018, but you hear what this preacher is saying. If you'll refocus your faith, If you'll put your faith on Jesus and his word and what he's called you to do and what he's called you to be and the destiny that he has for you and not lose your focus, not be distracted, if you'll get radical about it, forceful about it, violent about it, if you you will, insist on his word coming to pass in your life and being fulfilled in your life, then 2019 will be a year where he just works those things out. 
My Bible tells me that he knows how to work all things together for the good of those who love him and who are the called according to his purpose. Maybe you've tried crossing over before, and maybe it was the wrong place or the wrong time, or you lost your focus, or you were discouraged, and you got in over your head. But you hear what I'm saying. This is the day that you've been waiting for. This is the place you've been looking for. You have found your crossover point. And every word that he has spoken over you and every dream that he's dropped in your heart, it's time to quit settling for less than all that he's promised for you. It's time to get that mentality out of your head, say, well, I know he said it, but I don't know if that's really for me. Don't be afraid to believe again. Quit hesitating and backing off. Step out in faith. It's the time to be bold. Be so bold that you scare the devil out of the devil. I don't know if I can say this or not, and I haven't asked permission, but be so bold that you scare the hell out of hell. Amen. People are like, should I clap? James over here is like, should I clap on that? I don't know. (laughs) You got to get bold, man. Seize what God has promised you. Grab a hold of those promises. Grab a hold of your destiny because the best is yet to come. Say that with me. The best is yet to come. Come on, give him some praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. The best is yet to come. Now, check this out. Jesus had spent 30 years waiting on his destiny to be revealed and fulfilled, waiting on his ministry to be born. When he was 12, he got a taste of it, you know. His mom and dad left him back behind in in Jerusalem in the temple. Can you imagine you know, if you, if you know that we just came through the Christmas story, Tim, it was like awesome. Mary pondered these things in her heart. She knew who he was. Joseph knew what was going on. They had angelic help, visitation. Talked about that last week so much. We've looked at that in the Christmas season. Knowing what they knew and then to think they left this child in Jerusalem at the temple. They had gone a couple days out, didn't even realize he wasn't with them. Reminds me of the time that Valerie left Alexander in Dillard's. But that's another story. I need, I need to get off that. They left Jesus in the temple. And, and, and he wasn't, you know, playing his video game like Alexander. He was talking to it hidden in a rack of clothes playing his video game. Uh, Jesus was in the temple confounding, you know, the teachers. But... But he got a taste of it at 12, but then for another 18 years, he was just a carpenter, a stonemason, a builder, a contractor. Really, right, he was a contractor is what he was. It was more than just, you know, he built like little things with wood. He, he was a, a stonemason, a builder, a contractor. It's what we learned over in Israel. He had not preached a sermon, though, in his entire life. He had not taught a parable, led a small group, opened a blind eye or a deaf ear, healed a leper, or cast out a demon. To do all of that would require him to leave the old and enter the new. He needed a crossover point where he could go from one side to the other. But where could that be found? Well, in God's perfect plan, God sent a word to John the Baptist. 
The word of the Lord came to John in the desert, in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So with this word, John began to preach about 15 miles outside of Jerusalem. And John's message was simple. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, change your mindset. Begin to think differently. Listen to this. Because heaven is now within your reach. Heaven is now within your grasp. It's now becoming accessible in a way it wasn't before. And John had this tactile, tangible way to, to cross over. You submit to the waters of baptism in that muddy Jordan River. It all began at Bethabara. And Jesus came to John and said, John, because you have to baptize me. To which John said, are you kidding me? I'm not going to baptize you. I need to be baptized by you. This was Jesus' crossover point. His water baptism by John is what would propel him into his destiny. Are you with me? It would serve as the catalyst for him into his destiny, going from building houses to building the church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. It had to start with him crossing over these waters of baptism at Bethabara. And when he stepped out into the water to cross over, he was immediately met with opposition, with a negative remark. From his cousin John. Negativity. Negativity and opposition are often going to be found at your Bethabara. You, you just need to get ready for that. The, the importance of your moment is downplayed. John didn't get it. He was hesitant, resistant. Jesus, no, this is not the way it's to be done. You being baptized doesn't matter. You're going about this the wrong way. You don't know what you're doing. For the kingdom of heaven to be released in the ministry of Jesus, he had to overcome the opposition, hear what I'm saying, and forcefully press himself, press into the moment. And get this, John was a prophet. John was the greatest prophet in all of the Old Testament. Jesus said that. John was... Uh, a a God-anointed, God-ordained preacher, and he was opposing Jesus crossing over. Sometimes you've got to overcome pressure from a good man or a good woman of God who doesn't understand, hear what I'm saying, what God is doing in you, in your ministry, in your life, in your world. And Jesus' ministry, though, was dependent on this particular man baptizing him. Think about this catch-22. John said, I don't get it. I'm not going to do it. But Jesus knew this is my Bethabara. This is my crossover point. You have to do this, John. And so what he had to do was forcefully, violently in a way, convince John. Oh, no. You're not backing out of this because my promises lie on the other side 
of this act of obedience. Jesus was having to convince him. He had to push him. The Bible says, Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Jesus had to tell John, suffer it to be so for now, John. In other words, he had to talk him into it. I've got got a place I got to get to, and I'm going to get to it through you. You have to baptize me. That was confrontational. Everybody say confrontational. And John was also his family. John was the cousin of Jesus. Sometimes the opposition is not just from a man of God or a man or woman that doesn't understand what God's doing in your life. Sometimes it's from your own flesh and blood. They don't get what God's doing in your life. They don't understand what God's doing there. And they'll try to discourage you and downplay what God's doing in your life. And his family at one point thought he was a lunatic, thought he was out of his mind. But this Bethabara was Jesus' crossover point. And it was only after he overcame the pressure and the resistance and, and John baptized him that his ministry began. You got to learn to push past the opposition. When, when, when that man tells you, no, this is not for you, they don't understand what God's speaking into your heart. I remember when we started LifePoint, we did it in kind of an unorthodox way, an unprecedented way. And there were a lot of people that didn't understand what we were doing. We got called names. We got criticized. There was a lot said about Life Point Church. There were a lot of things that were said derogatory in a derogatory fashion. We were made fun of. I mean, we were called a recovery church because we had a bunch of addicts. We, we were called all kinds of things. I mean, you know, people were like not wearing their dress clothes to church, if you know what I'm saying. It was good if we had people wearing clothes at all to church in the early days of Life Point. Some of you don't believe me, but some of you were there, and you know what I'm talking about. But we just opened up for the unchurched and the, and the lost, and they came. And may God help us if we ever get too big for our britches and think they can't come as they are into this house. The more the merrier, man. This is a house of prayer for all nations. This is a house of God for all people. He's a savior, and he saves the lost. We got to reach out to the lost. People didn't understand. We got criticized for it. They didn't know what God would put in, had put in our hearts. God didn't, they didn't know what God was doing. It was different. It was a little new. But thank God we crossed over, and we've seen the, the blessing of God and the hand of God on this church. Now, check this out. In Matthew 12, are you with me? In Matthew 12, Jesus was accused of casting out demons by demons. He cast out demons by Beelzebub. Essentially, Jesus told that crowd in verse 28, he said, I don't cast out demons by demons. He explained that. He said, but I cast out demons Demons by the Spirit of God. He said, if I do that, then the kingdom has come to you. In other words, I I cast out demons by the Spirit of God because I seized upon the kingdom of heaven back there at Bethabara. I grabbed a hold of what God was setting loose in my life. And now there ain't no devil in hell that can stop me. Some of you need to hear what I'm saying. 
This is your crossover point. You're going to win victories on the other side of this. If you'll get past the opposition here, you'll take on devils that you couldn't have overcome before. But you're doing it here because you seized, you grabbed a hold of the kingdom that was at hand. And even though you got opposition, you pressed on anyway, and you've come against bigger devils and bigger demons. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're able to do exceeding abundantly because the exceeding abundantly one is on the inside of you working it all out. In Jesus' name. And our reading from the days of John. The Baptist, until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I would propose Jesus was the first one to take it by force. John, you've got to put me down in those waters. D.A. Carson says, the kingdom has come with holy power and magnificent energy that has been pushing back the frontiers of darkness. This is especially manifest in Jesus' miracles and ties it with Jesus' response to the Baptist. The kingdom is making great strides, and now is the time for courageous souls, forceful people, to take hold of it. Guzik says the kingdom will never be received passively. It is always founded on God's work on our behalf, but God's work will always produce a response in us. Matthew Poole says... They are not lazy wishes or cold endeavors that will bring men to heaven. Charles Spurgeon put it like this. I love this. Frequently complaints are made and surprise expressed by individuals who have never found a blessing rest upon anything they have attempted to do in the service of God. They say, I have been a Sunday school teacher for years, and I have never seen any of my girls or boys converted. No, and the reason most likely is you have never been violent about it. You have never been compelled by the divine spirit to make up your mind that converted they should be, and no stone should be left unturned until they were. You have never been brought by the spirit to such a passion that you have said, I cannot live unless God bless me. I cannot exist unless I see some of these children saved. Then falling on your knees in agony of prayer and putting forth afterwards your trust with the same intensity toward heaven, you would never have been disappointed for the violent take it by force. I want to encourage somebody today. While you've been waiting for your destiny to grab a hold of you, Your destiny has been waiting on you to grab a hold of it. You're at a crossover point. You hear this preacher today. Your destiny and your calling is just right over there. Everybody say, just right over there. It's right over there waiting on you to push past the negativity and to push past the naysayers and to push past those who would try to hold you back and keep you down, to push past those who want you to settle for less. I ask you again. Why settle for less than all that he has promised you? Why settle for less than when we serve a more than God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think? You are at a crossover point. Let me say this. Maybe you've never turned to Jesus. You've just come to church. 
but you've never turned your life over to Jesus. And, and maybe your peers have told you, it really doesn't matter. Maybe you've never been water baptized, speaking of that. And people say, it's not important. Maybe a preacher told you that. Maybe a man of God told you, it doesn't matter if you're baptized or how you're baptized or whatever. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Maybe a, a, a family member said it's only for a, a few select super spiritual folks. I'm telling you, you've got to get violent and forceful and take the promises and refuse to settle for less. Maybe you've not tied the tithe or given the offering or maybe a family member said God doesn't care about your money. I know a preacher would never say that. <laughs> maybe you've not trusted God to deliver you from that addiction and to set you free from the pain of your past and Maybe a man of God told you he really doesn't take care of that till you get to heaven. I'm telling you, you've got to take the force of faith and obedience and prayer and fasting and go after everything that God has promised you. You are at a crossover point. You've got to move out of where you've been and move into where you belong. You've got to get violent about it. It's not just gonna happen you've gotta you gotta you gotta reach out and grab it you gotta grab it by that's why prayer and fasting is so vital get get a hold of the podcast from last week you folks we've got to enter a season of prayer and fasting daniel prayed fasted 21 days god heard him from the first time he uttered the prayer but the answer didn't come easily because there was demonic opposition. There were fallen angels fighting. There was spiritual warfare keeping the answer from him. What if he had quit on the fifth day or the 15th day or the 18th day or the 20th day? He persevered for 21 days until the answer came. I was talking to Wesley Barber yesterday, and this came up in our conversation. It's so true. We've become so dependent on stuff. We've got so many safety nets. We can't pay our bills. We file for bankruptcy. We, we, we got uh, uh, all kind of social programs that will uh, pay our bills for us. We, we have all kind of situations physically. We go to the doctor. Uh, we have health care. We don't have health care. We still got doctors, emergency rooms, places we can go. We've got so many safety nets, so many things we rely on that we don't need God like some of these people in the Bible needed God. We have things that we re rely on in the natural I'm telling you, we've got to get back to a place where we're not looking to the arm of the flesh. We need to get back to the place where we're depending on God and we're going to be persistent about it. We'll fast, we'll pray, we'll believe until the answer comes and we won't stop. Amen? God help this church to become that church. Bethabara is a place of transition. It's where the children of Israel crossed over out of the wilderness and into the promises. It's where Elijah crossed over where he would take that chariot of fire into heaven. It's where Elisha crossed over where he would enter into that double portion ministry. It's where Jesus was baptized, listen, and the heavens opened. When Jesus came out of those waters, he was transitioning out of a world that had no Christ anointed one, into a world that now did have a Christ 
an anointed one. Out of a world that had no power and into a world that had somebody filled with power. The world before Jesus Christ came out of that water was desperate for restoration and renewal. The world after Jesus Christ came out of that water was filled with restoration and renewal in Jesus Christ. John offered the best the old world had to offer, but Jesus offered the best that the heavens, the new world, had to offer. You can't enter into the new until you exit the old. Somebody needs to hear this preacher. You are at your crossover point, and things are going to be different from here on. Say, I believe that. Say, I believe that. God's put dreams and visions in your heart, and this is your crossover point. 2019 is your year. You hear what I'm saying? He's going to do great things in your life. Don't give up. Don't back off. Don't hesitate. Don't be affected by the negativity and the opposition. You take it by force in Jesus' name. Stand with me right now. Take it by force. Take it. Amen. Take it by force. Take it by force. Take it by force. Can you close your eyes with me right now? Father, I thank you, Lord, for the challenge of your precious spirit today. Some of us have walked with you for a long time. Some of us have dreams we've just kind of put on the back burner. And today, God, you're reminding us of those dreams. I put that in your heart, he says to you. I put that there. My gifts and callings, I don't change my mind. Well, I messed up, Lord. Well, welcome to the human race. I have blood for that. It cleanses you from all unrighteousness. I got a clean slate for you. A fresh start, a do-over. I got dreams and plans and purposes I've put in your heart. And I need you to partner with me. Is what the Lord said. I, I need you to partner with me. I need you to take my hand. Trust me. Watch what I do. Give me your broken pieces. Give me your broken dreams. Give me your failed plans. Your failed provision. Your failed schemes. Bring it to me. I'll do something amazing that you could never do on your own. Somebody needs to hear what God's saying to you today. It's time for a fresh start for a do-over, for a new beginning. Look at me right now. My dad sold vacuum cleaners. I've told you all that before. That's a brutal business. I love to ask this. How many of you have sold vacuum cleaners in the past? Uh, Bridget's not here. She has to. Greg sold Kirby's. My dad was a Kirby vacuum cleaner distributor for 22 and a half years. I'm just going to tell you something. To survive that business for 22 and a half years, you got to be special. My dad was really, really good at what he did. But one of the things my dad would say to me is, when we've been out all, because I worked with him from a child, his child labor law should have been in effect, because I worked with my dad like all the time. And I can remember working out, you know, and from we lived in Bozier. We'd be out in Oil City or Vivian or We'd be down in Stonewall, or we'd be out in Mansfield, or Menden somewhere working in Shreveport, in the heart of the city. We'd be out till, you know, we're eating at McDonald's, and we're, we're out at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, coming home and, 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 and selling nothing. And my dad would say, 
son, here's what you do. When you, when you work all day and you, you don't make a dime, spend money, don't make anything, you got to forgive yourself of everything you did wrong. And, and you got to say, today is the first day of the rest of my life. And to, to my dad, that was enough. To me, I'm like, you're at your mind. You know, like, this, this ain't no fun, ain't making no money. Like, you could go ahead and have that day, but that, I didn't get it as a kid. I was like, you know, impatient. Like, I think I'll go be a rock star instead. You know, like, that pays better. I, at least I thought it did. And, and, uh, and but my, my dad was like, today's the first day of the rest of your life. Some of, some of you need to hear my father's advice. Today's the first day. You need to forgive yourself of everything you've done right, everything you've done wrong. And you need to look ahead and say, today's the first day of the rest of my life. I can get out of this. I can have what you've promised for me. My failures don't matter anymore because I've been set free from all that. You've, you've given me a new vista and a new, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You need a fresh start. And the Holy Spirit is offering you a fresh start. Amen? Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like a win-win? Forgive me of my mistakes and give me a fresh opportunity. And he's not going to hold your mistakes over you. It's done with. It's over. Look ahead. I got fresh promises for you. His mercies are fresh and new every morning. Aren't you grateful? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the teaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.